You're tuning into the Make an Impact podcast with me, Mark Gregson, uh, where we get the opportunity to shine a light on some of the great occupiers within our building. For me, impact working stands for certain things and our core values are at the heart of everything that we do. Um, those values being social cohesion, mental well-being, and sustainability. We've only been going for 12 months, a relatively new business, although we'll be expanding across the UK throughout 2022 and 2023. It's my first attempt in the hot seat and for me, impact working was about taking positive and negative experiences from 16 years in the industry and uh, trying to put a few things right. We'll get the opportunity to talk with several of our occupiers and we'll be talking about the culture within their businesses, what's important to them, their company values, ultimately why they chose to be based out of impact working and what the future holds for them. Hello, my name's uh, Mark Gregson and welcome to the fifth episode of the Make and Impact podcast. I'm joined today by Rob Cottrell, founder of Red7 Marketing and uh, Mentorprise. So thank you for joining us, Rob. Let's get stuck straight in, if that's okay with you. So could you perhaps kind of just kind of give us a bit, a bit of an overview of the kind of the two companies, however you want to do it? Like, what, why do you guys exist? You know, what's, 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 what's the mission? What's the purpose? Well, so we are a outsourced sales and marketing business. Mm -hmm. We exist, I suppose. We are face-to-face -face sales specialist for companies that don't have their own sales team, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're outsourced. You know, we work in the B2B and B2C market. And yeah, we, ultimately we we created the business to, you know, to serve our clients that if they need more acquisitions, uh, more customers uh, through a direct method. Okay, makes sense. And what, what would be a typical customer for you? Oh, wow. uh, let's let's say I suppose from a from a from a business to consumer point of view it's obviously different because mm. it's Mr. and Mrs. Jones, isn't it? I, I guess, but yeah. uh, from a business point of view, what type of what type of organisation would come to you and say, look, we need some help. We need to push our revenue. We need to. Well, we've had a, a real array of corporate businesses. Mm -hmm. I suppose the one that we're kind of most proud of is we've worked with Google. We've kind of run B two B campaigns for them. Fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, but, been, that must have been a great win. That's oh, a bit of a glory one, that one. Yeah, incredible. We do talk about it quite a lot because it's amazing to think a, a brand that big would use a company like ours. Yeah. And and, and that, that was actually maybe five years ago when we were still probably in our in our infancy stages of the business. Yeah. And you know we were you know we were working on half their kind of street view their panoramic video campaigns. Yeah. Um, so we were finding any retail business, any kind of anything in the retail market that wanted a panoramic uh, tour of their business done and we would just yeah. speak to their their companies face to face, you know, decision makers. Um, and I think for us, that kind of was a big pinnacle when we started expanding into different uh, different routes to market yeah. and finding you know different clients. And you know we're famous for working with a lot of profits and big charities. You know our first client was the British Red Cross. Oh great! Um, you know, one of the biggest charities in the world, huge yeah. reputation. And I think you know for us, you know like in the B two C market, like you mentioned, you know we are finding them. You know regular donors, um, supporters for their causes that play lottery campaigns, regular giving campaigns. But yeah, going back to, to Google, that was a that was a big kind of coup for us, I suppose. Yeah, no, that's a good win. So help me understand, because we're, we're very much, I'll kind of come on to our values in a second, but sort of say it's like very much about you. You seem like a really tight team. You know, you appear certainly from the outside as a very much kind of a culture-led business. What's that kind of culture that you're trying to kind of, you know, kind of 
curate within your confines of your sort of four walls and yeah. you know what's 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 important to you there yeah well, we, we use that word culture all the time mm. every single time i've used the word culture i think my team's probably sick of it yeah um <laughs> i suppose kind of culturally we are you know we attract someone to our business that's kind of very entrepreneurial mm-hmm. uh, we don't attract the you know the nine to five kind of person mm-hmm. uh, we attract someone that you know has a culture of development support you know I'd, I'd like to think at red seven we are very much a you know we are we're a face-to-face business so mm-hmm. we're, we're a people business yeah so our whole business is is born and and kind of fed on relationships and, and building relationships and kind of looking after people so yeah. i'd say for us our culture is you know we are you know we're, we're a lively business we're fun you know it's kind of why we could have like this place because it is you know it's a kind of fits, would, fits well with the ethos yeah, of what you're trying to do. Types of people. And I suppose I like seeing at your team they're kind of like they're perhaps a little bit younger in terms of their typical demographic, I would, yeah. I would guess. So I think you know we've got offices all around the country, you mm-hmm. know, from from all the way from from Leeds over here to in Bristol. And I think each office has its different intricacies intricacies and different age groups. But you know, in Bristol especially we do have quite a young workforce here. Yeah. So you know there is it is a fun culture. You know, we do team nights once a week. Uh, you know, it's nothing too I wild. Think, I think the first day, if I remember rightly, the first day you moved in, didn't we bump into each other at Lane 7 Bowling Alley? That's right. And, uh, yeah, we were bowling, yeah. yeah. I don't know who was more drunk, you or me, but... You know, uh, no, actually, you left a bit earlier, actually. I think by the look of your bowling, maybe you, but... Uh, yeah, no, no, I'll accept that. <laughs> if I remember rightly, your wife was very heavily pregnant, so I think she was driving, so you kind of... That's I think right. you left your team to it, it was more to it. Yeah, I you, did have a couple, Yeah, but uh, I think with our team nights, we normally have a... Uh, a two-point rule yeah but um it was uh, but that yeah we, we love the kind of the socials and you know we do a lot of work trips as a business a lot of networking trips yeah a lot of international trips and i think the culture we have is we're very much a close-knit team like you mentioned yeah and you know we you know we have sometimes you know in the sales and marketing we work in a quite challenging environment yeah and we deal with customers on a daily basis so that culture of being a real tight-knit team is really really beneficial for us yeah the relationships we build you know a lot of our team members that we've got they work together, but end up being best friends and really close. And that's it. great, isn't it? Yeah. People that worked with me for years that I'm best friends with now have been, you know, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, for us, it's, it's, a, it sounds a bit cliche, but we're a bit of a family. Yeah, no, I, I kind of, I kind of sort of see that as well. And we've, we kind of spoke earlier about sort of ethics and, and it, like, since you have this kind of quite sort of set kind of code, code of con- conduct now, mm. I think kind of for me being, you know, if I had to pick out my sales guy or an operations guy, I'm a sales guy. I'm kind of naturally kind of quite extrovert. I like talking to people. I like standing in front of customers. And it can be a tough job, right, at times. I think, mm. you know, I think it's difficult to come across as authentic as a brand, you know, not just necessarily kind of as a person. And I know I kind of get the impression that that side of the business is is really important to you. Because as sales guys, it's tough, right, in mm. times. And we do get a bad name. But I think as my boss would remind me, like, forget everything you own, someone sold to you. Mm, you know so it's um yeah i think for the last maybe nine years of running the business Mm -hmm. i've been trying to change people's perceptions of you can work in a sales environment but do things properly yeah you can have strong ethics good values and you don't have to you don't have to have the uh, sales mentality of it's all about the money or it's all about getting the sell over the line for me it's the complete opposite i think we've We've developed amazing relationships with our clients, uh, and we've never lost a client. Yeah, they've always come back to us and want to use the, you know, yeah, touch wood, touch wood. <laughs> um, but I think that's because we always put our clients first: mm-hmm. ethics, values, customer service, and 
the reason why my company exists is because our clients need us and they like the service we provide. Yeah. So having that kind of very client-led focus to doing things properly, being a nice person, being friendly, being honest. Yeah. Just, I call it, people laugh a lot, but I call it in my business, being normal. Yeah. Being a normal person. Fair. I mean, and to take that up a notch, as we were speaking about, it's not difficult to not be a dickhead. It's that it's it's, it's quite easy. It's a choice you can make. Yeah. So it's very easy to be a dickhead. Yeah, no, that's um, true. Yeah. But um, for, for us, yeah, you know, we one of our core values is just being personable. Yeah, you know, we often say in our recruitment process, we recruit people that we like. Yeah, if we like you, our customers will like you. If our customers like you, you'll do well at your job. Yeah. So for us, you know, being friendly, being polite, having just basic manners is is something I think that's sometimes forgotten, especially in you know. It's in, definitely in young, it's an underrated skill. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and our business is built on that. So yeah. you know, I'm not saying that we're kind of you know, you know, super over the top, polite and friendly. Yeah. You know, there's banter in the offices, and it's a fun environment. But th- those values, I really believe, what's can help us go from one person, i.e., yeah. me, to having now over 120 people in our team across the country. That's um, great. That's phenomenal growth yeah. as well, and that's that's over how many years? Nine so years. Now. Nine, nine years. Yeah. yeah that's a, and how, how many offices in total? So we've got um, obviously Bristol here. Yeah. The first office I opened up was in in Swindon, Costa del Swindon. I call yeah. it. That's where I started my <laughs> adventure. We've got an office in Cheltenham, which is beautiful, and Pitville. Yeah. Really, really nice, nice country. Nice bit of the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. And then we've got an office in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Got an office in. Oh, you mentioned Leeds. Leeds, you mentioned before as well. And Leeds actually opening up on Monday. Right. 25th. Okay. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah that's really we've good. Got, we've got the keys now. Uh, so Monday's our first day cutting the ribbon uh, in in Leeds. In six weeks' time, we're moving into Canary Wharf in London. Uh, so we've been. Is our, that right? Yeah, our, our clients wanted us in London for years. Okay. They couldn't get their head around why are we not in the city. Yeah. But we've now got one of our chaps, kind of Sam, uh, relocating to uh, to London. Um, so yeah, we're in a. Do you know which which building are you going into? We are. I don't know the exact name of it. Yeah. Without going back through some emails. Because our uh, so I'm based out of uh, one Canada Water in Canary oh, right. So oh, I can nice. base that's our investors' office. So I can base myself from there on a Monday. So we are yeah, we're around in Canary Wharf. We'll, we'll have to do a lunch. Last time I was there, I think we are a three-minute walk from the from the station. Right. Okay. Yeah. Super, so it must be close. kind of very sort of central. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we've seen amazing growth, and in fact, you know, we working in in our industry yeah. in in face-to-face sales and marketing. The pandemic, you know, we got to a point where we thought, how are we going to get through the pandemic? Yeah. Face-to-face sales is the last thing people want. Yeah, definitely. It must be. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was challenging, but we've seen so much growth you know, through that. You know, we've actually in the last two and a half years, we've grown more than we have, you know, in, in the in the previous kind of seven. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And mostly on the business to business or business to consumer side. Uh, B2C massively. Yeah. yeah, if I'm honest, we we get a lot ninety-five percent of our requests are B2C. Right, okay. Our clients prefer the B2C method. Yeah. Results wise. Uh, things a little bit simpler, if I'm yeah. honest. The results are a bit cleaner, but yeah, that's that's mo- that's most of our focus B to C now. Yeah, and that's interesting. Mm. And then, then, so what's what's the plans for the future? So where, well, where do you oh, go? Wow. I mean, it sounds like you've had a stellar nine years. Yeah, well, there's been ups, what's the roadmap look like? I know. Yeah. So. Well, what I'm talking about at the moment is I'm talking um, I'm talking kind of five years, twenty offices. Okay. Yeah, we well, based because we're face to face. The limitations that we have is our our brand ambassadors, that's what they're called, yeah. is they can only travel so far to speak to customers. Mm-hmm. So each of our offices that we have, they service their surrounding area. Yeah. So our clients love what we do, yeah. but their main frustration is 
we only cover the local area to each, each officers. Yeah. So our sense. goal is, is really to be in every single major town and city in the UK. That'd be phenomenal. Um, but, you know, our I've next no doubt step, you do with your present rate of growth as well. It's... Yeah. Well, we're kind of, the goal is 20 officers in five years. Mm -hmm. But really, if we keep going at the rate of knots that we're at right now, we're going to probably exceed that in, in maybe kind of three years. So, That's phenomenal. Yeah. That's it's, great. Um, There's obviously a winning formula in there. Yeah, well, uh, one thing that I've, we try to create is an office in a box. Right, it's a okay. business in a box. Every time we open up a new office, it's a little bit like, um, I don't want to use the comparison of McDonald's, but yeah. it's we've got we've got a way of doing things and it works. You've got a tried and tested, so, tested method. Yes, we just want to recreate that. I do like the McDonald's analogy because, uh, you know, someone made the point to me, if you kind of buy a cheeseburger or wherever you are in the world, there's a reason you don't open the bun and it's because you know there's two gherkins yeah. in it. There's two gherkins wherever you are in the world. So, Absolutely. you know, just kind of in terms of consistency, you know, yeah. it's a bit bronzo, isn't it? It does exactly what it yeah. says in the tin and you know what you're getting. So, yeah. Well, every, every kind of managing director that we have that runs each office, mm -hmm. we want them to be innovative. We want them to have their style and put their kind of put their mark on it because it's, you know, we have an ownership model here where they own the business. Right. Okay. Which is really exciting. That's kind of enterprises, our group of companies. Yeah. So, you know, I invest in businesses and help people grow. And we've got an ownership model where people can end up, you know, owning a business with us. Which I think is quite exciting. That's, that's great as well. Like yeah. that's a genuine way to incentivise people. I, I don't think there's enough of that that happens. No, and that's where we are very entrepreneurial. But you know, we, you know, I always use the comparison of kind of owning a car versus renting a car. Yeah. How do you treat a rental versus the one you own? And don't they say a rental car is the fastest car in the world? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Drive it like they you get stole. trashed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we kind of from from day one, you know, we've had an ownership model where people know that you know if if they work with us and and they develop with us, they can actually end up owning something rather than, you know, being a, being a manager, yeah. be, be, you know, without having their own boss. And I think that that's been great for us. And that's what's, I think has helped us with our growth is so many people these days are also looking at, you know, if I'm going to work with a business for the next, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, I want to own a bit of the pie. I want a bit more than yeah. just my salary. So, you know, we have a, this entrepreneurial spirit that I talk about quite a lot. Uh, and that's really helped our growth. And um, like I said, so we do have an office in a box, but we do really promote, we want people to, to have their own style, put kind their own mark in it, because it. Um, it is going to be theirs. And also we're going to support them, mentor them, you know, all that. But we want that person to enjoy running their business in the way that they want to run it, but with the same values. Yeah. Back to what makes us successful, the work ethic, the the, the, the ethics, the, the support, the team orientation, the per, being personable. Yeah. That's the, that's the constant that we have. Yeah, and that's kind of good to know. And I think kind of on the, from a values point of view, I think we've spoken about it a lot. I mean, my team are sick of probably me talking about our values. Mm -hmm. So our values are the natural environment or sustainability, social cohesion and well-being. And, you know, we kind of we kind of made a decision from the start and that we wrote those three things down on a piece of paper before we even incorporated the business that whether it be one of our events, whether it be the type of furniture that we buy, if it doesn't kind of fit into the box of one of those three values, we don't do it as a business. Mm. And I think kind of in a world of kind of greenwashing and wellness consumerism and like tone deaf sort of social policy, I think your, 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 your values and your brand authenticity, you know, are arguably your biggest differentiator. It's, you know, anyone with deep enough pockets, I think these days, it's never been easier to copy another company mm. or to copy another product. I think culture is something which is, arguably the most difficult thing to kind of replicate to another business because you just kind of can't teach attitude, can you? Mm. You, you either are a certain way or you tend to not be. And so 
from a values point of view, if you had to put your values in three boxes, yeah, if I can kind of put you on the spot for that, mm. or like what what three things like we've resonate se- with yeah. you the most? Well, we've got seven core values, but to pick three of them is quite tough because they've really no, all can't go. There's still seven. But, but if but before I answer that question, it's one thing that actually I really liked when I came here mm-hmm. is I'm going to be a hypocrite because I. I drive a gas guzzling car and I'm not as green as I probably want to be or, or could be. But one thing I kind of, when we came to impact is I, I like the fact that, you know, the coffee was sustainably sourced yeah. and, you know, you, you pay the farmers directly rather than going through, you know, third party and things like that I think were really interesting I to me. I love the coffee story. Yeah. I probably bore people with the coffee. Oh, really? people I would talk, well, I'm not a it's... coffee drinker, but yeah. when you told me that story, I was... I was in. I was like, that, that's fantastic. I've never tried coffee in my life. Yeah. Have we converted you yet? No, you no, you haven't. <laughs> uh, the smell every single day still puts me off. But it's um, it, it's something that I think is so important in every business. They need identity. They need these values. Mm-hmm. And I think in some businesses, it's something that's maybe kind of paid lip service to or kind of it's an Instagram post or it's on the wall, but no one really knows what they are. Yeah. But for us, if I picked out three, work ethic it, for, for us is a value mm-hmm. that I... I've, I I was when I first started the industry. I was never a natural salesperson. I still don't think you come across as a natural salesperson because yeah. probably the antithesis of because I think if you ever na- someone said to me sales guy, I'm thinking young guy, fake Rolex, terrible yeah. suit, overly shiny shoes, got all the chat in the world, talks to you like all he's interested in doing is extracting the yeah. money and it's in your pocket. Whereas you're very calm. You almost got to go like a. a a teacher's demeanor. Well, I yeah. suppose you kind of like to be the educator as well from the sound of things, but. Yeah, well, well, look, when I first joined the industry, I joined the industry by complete, um, I wasn't supposed to be here, if I'm honest. Yeah. I graduated in 2008, 2009. I was looking for a, a graduate role in our last recession. I fell into a sales role. I was supposed to be there for yeah. a few months, make some money, get some experience and find my and dream job yeah, as a yeah. graduate, right? <laughs> but I loved it. Um, but for, for, for me, I can I wasn't natural at at, at sales. I had mm-hmm. to work on it. I had a really poor attitude towards things. I, I'm. It's funny you say that. I'm quite relaxed and chilled out. I, I think I'm a hot. I'm actually a hothead. I, I have to really work. I've on, never seen that. So yeah. I find you. You're very calm. Yeah. Well, I, I think I've worked on it a lot. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I think with age, I've kind of calmed down. And I yeah. think my uh, Nina, my kind of partner, she's certainly going to calm me down. Yeah. Um, but I think working in our industry that you develop a lot of skills and like I said, I've been doing this for a long time and I've been doing this for 12 years mm-hmm. but f- for me I think not being an actual salesperson I always had to work really hard mm-hmm. and you know I wasn't you know a silver-tongued person and I had to really work at my kind of my kind of hard skills and soft skills mm-hmm. and I had to learn how to be a great communicator learn how to to be likable to every person that I speak to mm-hmm. learn how to relate to people so I had to really craft and I had to I had to work really hard, and, and mm-hmm. that's kind of why I think my business is quite. quite I'll track credibility in the mix in there as well because that's so important. I think as a yeah. salesperson. Yeah, absolutely. But I think I, I've never apologised for working hard, mm-hmm. and I've actually I really promote it throughout. When, when we have when we have recruitment drives, I talk to people. I say, look, I'm going to I'm going to try and put you off. Yeah, we work incredibly hard. Yeah, we work you know long hours sometimes. We work weekends sometimes. Yeah. We will, you know, make sacrifices. But that's why we get great results. Yeah. That's why we build great businesses and our clients love what we do yeah. because we go above and beyond. So I think for me, one of our values is real respecting work ethic and there's no kind of replacement for great work ethic. I think the second value you touched on is having an attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about positivity quite a lot. Yeah. Not in a weird way. You know, you won't see me 
you know, skipping down the corridors yeah. in a unicorn <laughs> suit singing. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think as Brits, we're quite a negative nation. I would think so. Yeah. We moan when it rains. We moan when it's too hot. We, we like to moan. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We've just gone through a heat wave and everyone's complaining. I was saying, give me more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because it's going to rain soon like it is today and you're going to miss the sun. So I think positivity is such an important thing, especially in a sales environment. You know, you deal with rejection. You deal with customers that are lovely, customers that aren't always so lovely. Yeah. Um, so having that kind of positive mindset towards what you're doing, but also your positive mindset towards your people. Mm-hmm. So, so for us, you know, I talk an awful lot. If, you know, everyone has personal problems, everyone has challenges in their life. Mm-hmm. And not that we don't want to talk about those or not really ignore those, but try and kind of focus on what you can control. Yeah. I talk an awful lot about if you've got a problem and you can fix it, fantastic. If you've got a problem and you can't fix it, fantastic. Don't worry about it too much. Yeah. Okay. So mindset's a big thing with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I talk about the power of positivity, creating good atmosphere in the workplace. And you know, it's the, the analogy. You should write a book. Use. Sorry? You should write a book. Really? Yeah, well, in terms of like a, a, a sales management kind of Bible. Yeah. I, I, think yeah. I had someone say I should be a mentor yesterday. I said I am to lots of people. But yeah. um I love the the analogy of the kind of the fruit basket. You know, mm. you have a load of ap- fresh apples in a uh, in a bowl, and you you put one mouldy apple in there, and it turns the rest bad really quickly. So, and I, I find that with mindset. You know, you can go to work, you can be focused, you know, real positive, and be really driven. But if you have to spend the majority of your working week alongside other people, that really miserable, really negative, suck, suck, suck the life yeah. out of you. Yeah, yeah I like I them energy vampires because yeah. yeah. they suck the life out of it, right? So joy, think, joy sponges. Uh, oh, let's write that one down. I've not yeah. used that one before. But yeah, so I think our, our second value I'll talk about is definitely that kind of positive kind of mm-hmm. mindset that we have. Uh, and the third, I'd say, is being team orientated. Yeah. It's a really simple one and it doesn't sound fancy, but for me, it is just supporting people. I think more than ever, mm-hmm. people want to be coached properly. They want to be trained properly. They want mentors. They want someone that can support them. Yeah. Because ultimately, in, in, in most roles during these days, you're going to have good times, bad times, and you're going to have times where you think the whole Especially world... Especially being a salesperson. Oh. I think I was kind of told that the, you know, the, the salesperson is kind of this person, mm. and they've kind of reconciled with themselves that they will accept the lows. Yeah because the highs will outweigh the mm. lows, but they understand that is their tra- trajectory. Salespeople are generally not steady, Eddie, are they? They're, no, absolutely. You know, it's well, it's interesting you mentioned that. Is we, um, when, I, when I graduated university, I said I fell into a sales role. Yeah. But, but before I took that role, I got turned down with loads of companies because I didn't have experience. Yeah. And I think that's quite common with graduates, right? The biggest frustration is I've gone to study, I've read, my, I, I, I've read this, but I still can't get my dream job. But... I got offered a role in a sales company with no experience, mm-hmm. but they recruited me basically, they liked my character, they liked my personality, they said, we're willing to train you. Yeah. And I've taken that with me every time I recruit. And I don't look for a CV. In fact, no. people laugh because I just don't look at CVs. I'm the same. I, I look at how people, how people treat the receptionist when they come in. Mm-hmm. How do they treat the environment they're sat in? How mm-hmm. are they dressed? How do they speak to you? Yeah. Um, so I, look at, I, I really look at personality. So for me, you can't teach attitude, can you? It's uh, so difficult. You know, if, yeah. if 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 you gave me someone th- for for three months, I could probably kind of teach them ninety nine percent of what I do mm. with a job as a job. And then I'll you know probably devalue myself there. So hopefully, <laughs> talking myself out of a job. But certainly from an attitude point of view, you just you can't teach that. It's impossible. But because we often do recruit people without experience mm-hmm. and give them a shot. Um, their skill set normally is quite low when they join us. Yeah. 
So for me, being team orientated, giving that person lots of support is so key. Mm -hmm. Because in sales, if your skill set is low, it can be a roller coaster. Yeah. You know, you can have some really good, great days, but also some really so poor, bad ones. Some pretty bad days. So for us, you know, we use a buddy system when someone joins our business, they're paired up with a leader. Mm -hmm. So every customer they go and speak to, they're with someone that's trained, experienced, mm -hmm. confident. So that kind of being team orientated and, and, and actually helping people break comfort zones, build skills for us is so key. And I, I, I guarantee we would still we wouldn't be operating as a business if we didn't have that kind of that those values of being team orientated and helping people. Yeah. And I tell you what, when people when we recruit people and they say, "Oh, I've been I've not done this before. I'm a little bit nervous." They say, Don't worry. Yeah. You know, we're going to pair you up with someone that is lovely friendly supportive they're going to mentor you they're going to coach you and if you need them for a day and then you can tell them that's fine then yeah. that's great if you need them for two weeks or three weeks that's absolutely fine as well yeah so that for us i think that's one that i've held on to for a long time is just that being team orientated because in sales you often get people that are the lone soldiers yeah that i'm great at my job but i don't want to help others yeah and i don't want to share my my you know my my kind of my secrets yeah because i want all the praise and all the glory but for us, we're the complete opposite. We want to share and everything. Just support that. everyone. Interestingly, yeah. in the last episode, we were talking to a guy called Matt Wilkins from Pete Mind, and he talks a lot about kind of duty of care with mm. kind of people. And I think you know, if you you know, you kind of if you kind of pay it forward, I think especially with some of those types of people, mm. you're going to get it. You know, you're going to get it back into the space, aren't you? Because you're that first person who gave him that confidence. So. Yeah. You know, you kind of validated maybe a lack of confidence mm. on their part. You believed in them. And people tend to kind of feed off that, don't they? And yeah. I think it's, you know, hopefully a positive kind of self-fulfilling prophecy almost, if that, if that kind of makes sense. It's that culture you create. If you mm -hmm. treat, if you, if, if when someone joins your business, if you treat them a certain way and support them a certain way, if they get into a position where they're now leading, coaching other people, they will do what they saw in the first place. It's monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. So very <laughs> I love, much. I love that phrase. If they, um, <laughs> if, they, if, if you've supported them and you've developed them and you've looked after them. Yeah they will do that to the next person. And that's the culture that we try and create is just that's like the office in a box thing is people, people do what they see. So, so that's being team oriented. They're, they're the three that I would pick. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, that probably brings us to a close. So um, thank you to Rob Cottrell from MedSprize and uh, Red 7 Marketing as our guest. Thank you to everyone listening. We will attach uh, Rob and uh, Red Seven's details to the uh, podcast if you want to get in contact and kind of use their services at all. And uh, we'll look forward to um, speaking to you again on episode six, I believe. Thank you for tuning in to the Make an Impact podcast. You'll find links to all of our guests in the description below. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and LinkedIn and subscribe to the podcast.